So I'd had one introduction for this sermon for a while, but then last night Brian and I watched the movie Spotlight. It was an Academy Award winning movie and there's a scene at the very beginning that so shocked me that I was like, that's what I'm using for tomorrow. Um, And so the way, if you don't know the story, it's about the work that the Boston Globe, the newspaper did to bring to light the child sex abuse scandal in the Catholic Church. And so there's this scene early in the movie where they, the Boston Globe has a new editor and he's Jewish and he's just moved to Boston. And he is invited to come visit with Cardinal Law, who is in charge of the Catholic Church in that area. And he goes to visit him and it's a lovely visit. And, you know, Cardinal Law welcomes him to town. And then at the very end, Cardinal Law has this book that's wrapped up as a gift. And he says, well, since you're new in town, I wanted to give you the best guide to Boston that I could. And he sent him off with the gift. And so we see Marty Barron opening up the gift and it's the catechism of the Catholic Church. And I gasped. You know what Cardinal Law is saying? We're in charge here. You want to know anything about Boston? We are the ones who will tell you. It was so shocking that I immediately picked up my phone and I was like, did that really happen or was that dramatic license? And it really happened. And my second thought was, that's exactly what Jesus would do. No, there's no way that Jesus would hand over this threat to someone. And when we talk about who Jesus Christ is... We should come to the Gospels. We should come to the Old Testament, to the letters of Paul. And we should look at who Jesus is, what Jesus values, who Jesus loves. And we see it written over and over again in the Bible. And then we are called to carry that out as the church. We call ourselves the church, the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, yes? And if there's one thing that I want us to remember is that we are always followers of Jesus Christ and that the church at its very best is a poor reflection of who Christ is. But we continue to try. Lest you think that this example of that um, scandal in the Catholic Church is because it's of a different denomination, my friends, the whole of church history is full of corruption in the church because the whole of church history is filled with people who are sinful. And so sometimes I think that the biggest challenge we have to believing in who Jesus Christ is, to carrying out what he has called us to do and be, is that we start to make Jesus look a little bit like ourselves. We think surely Jesus values power, Right? If the church has more power, surely that would be good for Jesus. But wait a minute. Don't we serve a Savior who gave up all power and even his very life to serve others? Yeah. Surely it would make sense that we as the church should accrue more and more things, more money, more property. Yes, isn't that important? That will make us strong in the community. Oh, wait. We served an itinerant Palestinian who had nothing and who told us that anything we do have, we should give it away. 
Anne Lamott has said that you can be sure you've created God in your own image when it just so happens that God doesn't like the same people you don't. If the example of the church through all of church history is to mean anything to us, it should remind us that we are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and we are sinful humans. We are both and created in the image of God, still have a propensity to sin. And so if we say that we believe in Jesus Christ, that means we have to constantly hold up our actions to the actions of Jesus Christ and ask ourselves, how are we doing? You know, whenever there is any sort of corruption in the church, it's absolutely terrible. But I feel like even the greater sin is keeping it quiet. We should always be a community that says, we really messed this up. We ask for forgiveness and we will try to improve. And the Spirit blesses that work over and over again. To be followers of Jesus Christ means that we should always be in Scripture because the Jesus Christ that I learned as a child is different to me now and will be different to me tomorrow. It is an ongoing learning process. It's a constantly being revealed Jesus Christ. And so we should always be rooted in Scripture, rooted in prayer, however that comes to you, asking for God to show us who and what we are to be. We have to also always be rooted in the church. Because, you know, I love nothing more than when the church is at a place of complete unity. But I don't know that we're growing then. The church should be a place where one person says, I think God is calling us here. And another person says, really? Because I don't. And we reason it out. We may even argue. But we continue to love one another. And in the reasoning out, we move forward and become more of what the church is called to be. In John's gospel... When John begins this passage, he wants everyone to know when they hear, in the beginning was the word that God has a plan for the world that involves the ongoing revelation of God in Jesus Christ. If you were in the early church, you would have heard this in the Greek. In the beginning was the Logos. The Logos was with God and the Logos was God. And you would know, oh, I get that. It's the idea that there's this rational order to the universe. That's what this is, that Jesus Christ is a part of that rational order of the universe. Some who had grown up in the Jewish tradition or you and I who know our Old Testament would have heard that in the beginning was the word and they would remember, oh yes, God created the world out of chaos by speaking it into being. We also remember that it is God's word that has come to us through prophets and through the law. And when we struggled to follow God's word, then God birthed God's self into the world to show us the way. To say that the word was, is with us is to acknowledge that God is no longer far away, that God is not just a mystery, but instead God is with us in this moment 
and God always brings life and light to the world. The original Greek doesn't say that Jesus does this one time. All right, well, Jesus did that. I guess we're done with light and life. Instead, the term that is used there, the tense of the verb says, he brings life and light to all people and continues to do that. And that means if we're going to be followers of Christ, we too have to bring light and life to the world. Following the way of Jesus Christ is not easy. Jesus knows this. He knows this when the rich young man comes and says, I followed all the laws, what do I have to do? And Jesus says, give away everything you have. And the man walks away because he cannot do it, and Jesus knows that. And guess what? We're offered a measure of grace. But still yet, we are called to follow. We are called to remember that not necessarily what we think is the right thing, that we are tainted by sin. And so the church community gathers together so that we can discern together where God is calling us and who God is calling us to be. And it should also be the community who reminds us when we've gotten it wrong, who lets us know when we've missed the mark. That's all that sin means. We miss the mark. And during those times, we'll back up and we'll go back to our Lord and Savior and we will try to discern and listen again. So after what I had put off watching this movie for a long time, it's been out for many years, and I put off watching it for two reasons. One, because it is difficult to watch things that involve the abuse of children. I don't, I just don't watch that. <laughs> and luckily there was not, not very much of that in there. And then the other thing was, I didn't know that I wanted to watch a movie about a corrupt church system, Right? It's easy to look at all of church history and name over and over again the places where the church got it wrong. But you know what can also be done, and we just don't do it, is to look at all the places where we as the church have gotten it right. We got it right yesterday when people who loved and cared for the horns made food and served it and opened up the church and made it a place where we could have a memorial service. The church gets it right when it reaches out to the hammers tomorrow. And when they say, let me help you this day. Let me make the church a place where you feel welcomed and your family is welcome. And not only that, but I'm going to walk with you over the rest of these years, knowing that you miss someone you love very much. The church gets it right when we see little kids in worship and we're so glad to see them and we make sure that they know it and we make sure that this is a place where they will always feel comfortable and welcome. There are so many ways that we get it right. Do not let the mistakes and sin of the system of church discourage you. Because the truth is that all of that goodness is brought about by the work of Christ and the Holy Spirit. And Christ and the Holy Spirit do not tire. They do not get tired of bringing goodness 
of bringing life and light to all. And I don't think we will either. Thanks be to God and amen.